0: Welcome back to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, live, guy live, B2B jam session. Oakland, how are you doing this lovely afternoon? If you are tuning in and you are currently in Oakland enjoying the day, please show us some love. Happy Wednesday. It's already hump day. So freaking excited. Thankfully that it's a hump day. If you're doing something cool today, please let us know what you're doing so we can join you. Oakland is still pretty shut down from what I've been told. So if you're having fun this week, somehow, or this weekend, let us know, and we'll probably try to find find some time to hang out with you. With that said, I'm excited because I have a really awesome guest today who is a leader in product leadership, the creative space, and someone that I've um, enjoyed following for quite some time on LinkedIn and a few other platforms. Today, we're talking to Scott Belsky, who's an executive entrepreneur, author, and investor who invests in all around product obsessive founders because he himself is incredibly product obsessive. And he actually currently serves as Adobe's chief product officer, that's CPO and executive vice president of the creative cloud division. And today we're gonna be talking a little bit about his latest book. We're gonna dive deep on his latest book, The Messy Middle. As a product geek, I've enjoyed reading about it. He shares a lot of content about it on LinkedIn in case you don't know, so make sure you follow him. And if you already know about Scott's work, please let us know in the comments show them some love. We'll make sure we tag them on LinkedIn and Twitter so you can connect with them as well. And if you're learning anything throughout this live course that we're doing right now, this live episode that we're doing, please, please, please tag us, mention us. We'll show you some love on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And with that said, let's bring Scott onto the show. What's up, man? How are you doing? Dude, it's such an honor to have you on the show, man. It's good to be here. (laughs) By the way, your camera is the best that's ever been on the show, hands down.
1: I'm playing with uh, so I'm playing with a with a Sony uh, a Sony kind of 4K uh, little rig here. You know, and since I oversee the video and photo products at Adobe, I, f- I felt like I have to up my game a little bit because everyone else in the room uses these fancy cameras. So I am using my camera with you, and those. Uh, <laughs>
0: Dude, we love it. We love to see it. You know, we'd love for you to share a little bit more about the work you do with Adobe. You know, you formerly, you know, before joining Adobe, you led Behance, which is an amazing platform that still exists today, and then Adobe acquired. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do with Adobe.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, as you noted, um, I am a product and design obsessive. I've been building products for creative people since founding Behance back in 2006, and uh, kind of... You know, a dream for me is to help organize the creative world and empower creative people as a career. And so I'm still still doing that. Um, we were acquired in 2012. I left to become a full-time investor for a little period of time, but then just missed operating, missed building teams and building products. And, and so it's kind of a nice you know that if, if you if you subscribe to the idea that happiness is feeling fully utilized, feeling like all your skills are being kind of put to the test, then, um, then this, then the, the role, you know, at Adobe, trying to manage so many pro- segments, uh, so many products across different creative segments, and then also being a, uh, you know, mentor and advisor investor to a lot of startups. It's kind of uh, stretches both sides of my product brain, if you will. So um, mm. that's kind of the the current state of state of things.
0: Yeah. you know, And you, you've you actively invested in a lot of um, companies around the future of work area, but also in other creative disciplines as well. And I want us to touch a little bit on, on that before we actually touch on your most recent book, The Messy Middle, which I think everyone that's listening and watching right now needs to go ahead and cop, go get the book, The Messy Middle. It's great if you want to get into product leadership or product management, but let's touch a little bit about what's going on in the tech arena and tech space right now. Who are some of the companies that you're really excited about? What are some of the trends that you're kind of like following?
1: Yeah, I think, um, wow, well, where do I begin, right? I mean, I think uh, there that we just went through this giant forcing function of getting all those holdouts who were in big companies and small companies. It's the few people on the team that still want to do email as opposed to Slack, or the few people that Insist mm-hmm. on being in person when you could be on video, or the few people that you know don't go into the Google Docs yet, even though everyone else is. And suddenly, in one fell swoop, five more years of getting those people over the hump was suddenly you know accelerated into five months. Yeah. Uh, and um, and as a result, we're like we had the opportunity to uh, to realize a lot of like productivity gain that technology has offered, but we've never actually capitalized on because of those holdouts that persist. And, uh, and so I like looking across industries, understanding you know, what are you know of the moment right now. Like, what are the where where are these like quick realizations of productivity happening, and what products mm. serve? And so you know whether it's whether it's companies that are building products like Airtable or Notion. Um, I'm a really big proponent of the idea that every tool in the enterprise that used to be a single player tool, like for procurement or for um, project management or for whatever, has become a multiplayer tool. Mm. And so what are the, what's the multiplayer approach of every single function in the enterprise? Um, On the consumer side, you know, I think we've all seen the rise of products like House Party. There's another product by a founder I really like called Real Time that I have uh, been thinking about and a bunch of other products that are thinking about, you know, bringing people together in in, in less socially anxious ways to gather around a topic and learn from people in real time. I've always been interested in solving that like synchronous, asynchronous problem in, in 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 consumer social. So far we've only had to we've only been able to make asynchronous networks thrive like Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, but synchronous experiences like live audio, live, mm-hmm. you know, that's an opportunity as, as well as you know.
0: Yeah. And Clubhouse has been booming, too, uh, especially here in the Valley. And they've kind of been gradually growing. And that's another kind of asynchronous, asynchronous company that's really, really interesting that I've also been kind of following as well. You know, I want to kind of like go back to how for you. Going back, let's go back to the messy middle, right? Because yeah. a lot of startups booming right now around the future of work, the future of creativity, but also consumer and, and business as you just mentioned. You know, what should any entrepreneur right now who's building a company, how should they be aware of the messy middle? And, and speak a little bit to what that means for you and, and kind of what you touched on in the book.
1: Sure, um, well, you know, I, all my projects have always been inspired by a sense of frustration, whether- <laughs> The answer was like my frustration with how disorganized the creative world was when all my creative friends were living their careers at the mercy of circumstance and never getting credit for their work. Um, uh, my book, Making Ideas Happen, was just all about how people were focused on too much creativity as opposed to productivity and how a lot of people in the world should spend a little less time on more ideas and a little bit more time on the ideas they've already got and organizing and taking action. Messy Middle, the Messy Middle was inspired by how obsessed people are with the starts and finishes of journeys and how willfully ignorant we are about the volatility in between and what are the hacks to both endure and optimize the hack out of anything that works, you know, endure those, optimize the highs. And so it was, the messy middle is born out of my frustration with a lack of discussion around kind of inner volatility management and this obsession with starts and finishes that is even further perpetuated by the press and like the headlines and everything else that gets us to click things.
0: Yeah. 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 Like the post-winning valuations, but the, the growth journey is actually really critical for you, you know, in your moment and experiencing growing the hands, what was kind of like one of your messy middle moments? Cause you actually touched on a few in the book. What was your biggest one in your opinion?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we had a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean we were bootstrapped for 5 years and I feel like yeah. two at least two of those 5 years you know I like to call the the lost years of the hands because we were doing too many things and we didn't kill things fast enough we mm-hmm. at times were making decisions out of fear as opposed to conviction and what that means is you suddenly see a competitor going and doing something over here and you're like okay we maybe have to do that and mm-hmm. then you realize oh wait a second that's actually off the core value proposition of our product it's like that takes us away from what people are actually coming to us for, and, um, and I would say a lot of the greatest decisions we made in the latter of those five years were killing things. You know, removing we had we had this thing called the tip exchange. We had um, we had gosh, what else? We had this like work in progress widget. Um, we had a bunch of other things, and every time we killed those things, we went you know and got back to the things that made the made the greatest impact. And so you know, that's I think it's all about. The lessons learned for me in the messy middle were about um you know doing less focusing more killing things more quickly i mean those are just a few of many
0: you know it's possible too because you know early in early stages a lot of founders don't realize the need to do that but as you grow your experience and building your company and seeing those mistakes you realize it you know i want you to speak about you know for you for the next you know five to ten years you know what do you think is the biggest gold rush in terms of tech that you're excited to see kind of unfold Good
1: question. Um, biggest gold rush in tech that I'm excited about. Well, you know I do think that um, you know there there there's always a better way of doing things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and everyone's always trying to crack and do a better way of this or that. And then occasionally there is like a step function moment where everything can be done in a better way, more quickly. Um, and, you know, and of course like the accessibility of AI. Um, and some of the new products that will be like kind of AI as a service for specific verticals that are trying to do things mm. that can then kind of build a superior interface and a better way of doing something. You know, I mean, at Adobe, for example, a lot of the cool features we're baking in some products like Photoshop allow people to do things that used to take three hours and three minutes. And, um, you know, and that's like a big that's a game changer. You know, I've never met a creative that would like to take three hours to do something that could be done in three minutes. And so. Um, I think you'll see that across many different fields. And that kind of begs the question about, uh, I mean, here's a crazy thing that no one's talking about yet, which is surprising to me. How many industries in this world are time-based compensation? Freelance mm-hmm. charged by the hour. Lawyers charged by the hour. Like accountants charged by the hour. So many people are charging by the hour, but suddenly AI comes in and does what you used to start, do three hours for in three minutes. Do you just charge for three minutes of your time? Of course not. Because, because, Instead of a time-based pricing model, you need a value-based a value-based pricing model for some of these things. And so, I wonder if there will be some, you know, new opportunity to help really talented experts monetize themselves in new ways. You know, like charge value-based as opposed to time-based and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just a little bit of a logic jam on uh, on some of the um, the new kind of gold rush moments. You know using AI to make things a step function easier and better. And then also helping people um, save their career in some ways or, or, or capitalize on the value they're bringing as opposed to the time they're spending.
0: Man, that's actually powerful, and it's actually some a trend that we've been seeing at Guy because I think that's the the future of work. People get compensated for the value they bring to an employer um, as talent, but also you know it's the future of what we're seeing in the creative space as well. So that's actually a really really powerful um, talk, and I and I love that. With that said, Scott, you know what, what's your powerful takeaway for our Guy community? You know what can they do to continue leading their movements, and what you know what can you say to inspire them to continue to kind of grow in their in their creativity and entrepreneurship?
1: yeah let's yeah, I think that um well, uh, you know certainly capturing here's one thing I'll say, which is a big frustration I have with very passionate entrepreneurs with great ideas. yeah, they're very governed by their passion for a solution to something as opposed to their empathy with the customers suffering the problem. Mm. so, Um, A lot of the product market fit problems that great entrepreneurs, super passionate entrepreneurs end up uh, confronting a little too late in most cases is, you know, they launch their thing and it's like 30 degrees off of what the customer like actually practically speaking will do and use and want every day. Mm. They kind of wonder where they went wrong. And to me, it tracks back to a lack of time spent shoulder to shoulder, you know, watching a customer struggle every day. Mm. And then what is the daily friction that this customer is practically dealing with? You know, what are the insecurities that they have at work? I mean, a lot of the things that drive behaviors in the enterprise are for ego or for getting credit from your boss or like different things like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, which kind of brings me back to like one of the cardinal rules of product to me is that every customer in his or her first 15 to 30 seconds of using a product is lazy, vain, and selfish. We kind of we kind of have to like ground ourselves with what does it take to get a customer through that top of the funnel and start trying to find value in the product we're building. And so, you know, I guess another another you know message to um, to the guide community of folks that are uh, you know building digital experiences, especially, but any sort of experience or product is to really prioritize that first mile of the customer's experience.
2: Mm.
1: It's the ultimate irony that every team spends like the final mile of their time building their product, thinking about the first mile of their customer's experience using the product. You know what I mean? And at the end, it's like, okay, like what should the tour be, and what should the copy be, and what should the yeah. default landing state in the product be, and you know <laughs> what should that email say when we follow up with them saying thanks for joining our product? Yeah, you can't figure that stuff out in the last week because that's the only stuff that everyone will see. Mm. It's just drop off from there. So. Empathy, first mile obsession, you know, making sure we ground ourselves with the true needs and securities and frictions of the customer. You know, I think those will help everyone get products off the ground.
0: I love that. I love that. That's so powerful. You know, I want to show love and give the last word to our favorite, favorite, favorite guy. He's a speaker as well, and he's loving what you're saying. Bruce Pulver, he says, sell the problem you solve not your product. Bruce, we love you, man. Appreciate you, my friend. Scott, man, we have to have you on for a future quick bite-sized episode, man. You are killing it, man. Thank you I so know. much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Be well, man. Be <laughs> Scott. Take care. Uh, and that was Scott Belsky. Please make sure to check him out and all of the things that he's doing. He recently just dropped a book called The Messy Middle. The Messy Middle. Literally, the messy middle. So check it out if you're really interested in getting into product management or if you want to learn a little bit more about product leadership and his experience building the hands and now working with Adobe as their chief product officer. Next up, I have a special guest for you all you're going to love, and she's going to be talking a little bit more about financial literacy. So get excited. We're going to take a break, play a little bit of music. So chill, enjoy yourself, and we'll be right
2: back.
3: the dreams of the amazing people on TV screen you've been They don't read because I think it.
4: I'm not Somebody tell me the answers. Me, you isn't the answer. Me, you isn't. Maybe I'm telling myself that. But there ain't nothing that'll change that. What could it be if I knew how you felt about me? It could have been right, but I was wrong only thing about you and you know The no, heart no. of me that cares is gone And I know that I can't get caught up We could have been And we try to pretend Every now and again We don't dream about or think about What we could have been But I'm holding it in Cause I know in the end About, I think about what we could have been. We could have been. We
2: could have been. Remember remember the night in Miami? First time you put your arms around me. I'm up on the.
4: About you and me, you know. only hit me up when she's not home, and that's why I can't get caught up. We could've been. i trying to pretend now and again. We don't dream about, don't think about what we could've
3: been. Oh
4: yeah, holding it is, cause I know in the end, we dream about, I think about what. We could've been. We could've been. We
2: could've. We could've been. We could've been. We could've been. we could've been. Yeah. Hey.
4: What we could've been, what we been. If I wasn't, if I wasn't somebody, if you got a what's the ain't just your friend, no, what's the point Trying to sell a story, ain't nobody buying. Look me in my eyes. Don't I feel nice? Why should it end? Baby, I could've been. I could've
2: been him. What a good friend. Just a point of win, Way to make a trip. Baby, make a
4: wish. Be the one I wish. Should've been a. Should've, could've. Would have been.
2: Yeah, would have been. Yeah, would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. yeah, we could've been mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You're gonna wanna me and squeeze me Sometimes we say things that we really don't mean We do things in between the lines We should do more to sit out. I'm
1: sorry if
4: I made you feel less who you are A little is insecure All guess the shiny stuff I wanna spend Too. oh, baby, baby. Me. And how oh, you gonna love me? You gonna wanna you're gonna me. hold me and squeeze me? me. Yeah. And
2: how oh,
4: you gonna love me? You gonna wanna me. Wanna... It's not that I don't want you here, yeah about the way you stare to my heart I know that I don't make things clear I fall for you every time I try to resist you, we can get away palm trees, beach views, ordinary day, all I wanna hear is that the visions on replay sit right next to you yeah I try not to show how I feel about you, you wish you were, but we don't really want to, I just want to get away. sit right next to you, you, I don't want to kiss you, yeah, I just want to feel you, feel you. I want you around, around,
2: I want you around. Oh God, I want you to run. Oh God, I want you Oh God, I want you i want you to be around for this here, this year next year
4: every year you've been here for every tear you complete me even though i'm all on my own i had you on ice like the snow and it's gone look you should slide my way easy on the brakes black ice never catch me slipping I'm by the Extraordinary State in the A-O-N-L-A But that's not Stevie Wonder on replay, replay We can get away, riding down PCA Like it's back in the day Now the record on replay, I'm by your side like your Two lovers in a building cool And I try not to show My eyes can't hide, I'm feeling on the low I just wanted to step into a cane, I'm up, Getting old, sitting next to you You I kiss you get yeah, i just wanna feel you feel you
2: i want you run. Oh, run. i want
4: you
2: Oh, I know I, I, I. Welcome
0: back, welcome back to the live. Unleashing the Future of Work episode, God Live B2B Jam Session. I'm excited because my next guest, I hope her mic is working because we did not test it out before she got on, but I think it's working. She's actually currently in the East Coast right now. And man, she is going to talk to you all a little bit about, one, the importance of financial literacy. But a lot of the work that she does, uh, she's actually the founder and operator of FM Capital Group, which is an investment advisory firm for clients who are looking to invest in different investment vehicles uh, and more importantly, get financially healthy. But she's also this phenomenal Forex trader. And I want to dive deep on that as well, because I'm sure y'all have heard all about Forex. It's all the rage right now. But One of the reasons why I wanted to have her on is because one of the things we really believe within God is the importance of financial literacy. Understand how to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. You manage it and it's making more money for you. So with that said, let me go ahead and bring on the lovely Lydia. Hey, Lydia.
5: Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing
0: well. Hanging in there. We miss you in Oakland.
5: Oh, trust me. I'm happy I left when I did. I heard about what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Fires. I like left right on time.
0: Where are you currently at, by the way?
5: I am in New Jersey.
0: In New Jersey, Okay.
5: okay.
2: Okay, okay.
0: You know, we would love to, you know, I would love to have you share a little bit more about, you know, what inspired FM Capital Group? You know, how long have you been building the company? And are you enjoying New Jersey?
5: So I am. I mean, I'm enjoying it enough. I'm quarantining, so. <laughs> so after, next week, I can cut loose a little bit. I'm responsible. I'm a responsible traveler. Uh, but what inspired me to start FM Capital Group? Really, uh, I, I I was teaching. Like, I was teaching no. um, computer science, web programming, web design, web development, and my brother dragged me onto social media. So I joined Twitter. Uh, this was like 10 years ago now already i joined twitter and i said you know what three years prior i had started um trading forex so i said you know i'll join twitter i'll talk about the markets i'll talk about the forex markets and i'll talk mm. about what i'm seeing um what I'll, I'll talk about what i'm seeing going on in trades and things like this and it took off and i got this huge following i started being invited to conferences to talk on radio shows and tv mm. shows and i was like well how can i make this a career um i was already advising my parents and my brother who had just come out of college so he was making money and i was advising them and i was giving them good investment advice so my early mentors i didn't know anything about the industry my early mentors mm-hmm. said i should be a stockbroker and i just rejected that because i just seen too many movies and i just did not want to push investments onto people so i learned more and i learned about investment advising where you're actually making advice that's suitable for the clients and mm-hmm. um, appropriate for them and that was the path that i knew i wanted to take so um at the end of 2012, I turned in my final grades for my students, and I handed in my resignation letter, and I I studied for my uh, Series 65 license. Wow. Two, uh, oh, it took a year. It took a year I got that license, and I really started FM Capital Group uh, because I wanted to increase wealth in black individuals, black families, and then drive capital or increase capital to uh, our community. So that's really what my inspiration became.
0: Yeah. And it's so so timely too, you know, the work that you're doing, you know, and I want to ask you for you, you know, how does your relationship with money change? Because often, you know, one of the biggest things that People in the black community struggle with when it comes to financial literacy is that often our relationship with money is really from a place of scarcity, not investments, not accruing value, and things of that nature. You know, how kind of like, how did you kind of redefine and determine your own relationship with money? Because I think that's often like something that anyone has to go through, especially when you get your first big boy or big girl job, (laughs) or you start investing, or you know, you join things such as an FM Capital Group. You know, what are your tips on how people can redefine? The relationship with money
5: good, good question so the first thing i would say is mindset um it's really important to start really being critical about your relationship with money uh mm-hmm. what are the things that you're saying to yourself about money are you coming at things from when you're going to the store it's as simple as like are you going to the store and you're checking all the prices uh, that's really a lack mentality are you going um are you telling yourself you can't afford it versus how can I afford it or how can I make that happen? And so it really starts with changing your mindset about money and being really self-reflective and self-critical about how you're talking to yourself um, about money. And then, I mean, I was fortunate myself, my mom, you know, she started, we she started a savings account for me, yes, but she also started a custodian account. So that was mm-hmm. kind of when I learned about investing in stocks in high school, um, high school economics, I already had a brokerage account. It already had money in it. Because I would put birthday gifts in there. I would put, you know, graduation gifts in there. So I already had kind of a segue into it, even though I didn't know what it was. And when I learned about it, I was able to go ahead and just start with small investments or, you know, with with whatever I had. And so the second thing I would say is just get started. Get Hmm. started with a real amount of money. Um, You know, we'll touch on Forex later, but a lot of people will get into it through, you know, what they call paper money. I would say, and, and I always discourage that. Uh, I really say go in, get started, buy one share. I mean, there's a lot of brokers out there out there now that allow you to buy fractional shares. So my thing is just to get started and understand that you don't need tons of money to do so. Um, technology has democratized finance so much that you can mm. really get started depending on your broker for with one to five hundred dollars. So. Yeah. Those are the two things I would say: is really get your mind right, really understand how you look at money, how you've been raised around money, and mm. then get started. Just start. Yeah.
0: you know, do you think the shift to remote work uh, has kind of like increased this day trading? Because you know, I, I have all, all my friends on Instagram are doing forex now, <laughs> and it's like a community and network around it. You know, do you recommend that people start looking into? opportunities to, you know, you know, invest in apps like a Robinhood or or public, you know, there's, a, like you said, there's a lot of different apps right now that have democratized finance. But, you know, I think people often still don't know where to start by understanding how the system of, of, of money works. Right. So do you do you think like there's this this big shift happening now where people are more empowered to take control of their financial literacy?
5: Yeah, I actually think that shift started um, with the dot com bubble. In wow. 1999, 2000, when E-Trade came out. I mean, E-Trade really like laid it out so that it was really easy to access. Until then, you were calling on the phone and had to to <laughs> broker. So it really started with E-Trade. What Robinhood did was really um, collapse fees. They figured out how to allow access to trading um, without paying a commission. And that, that was revolutionary. And yeah. I, I mean, I, re- I saw Robinhood pitch. OK, so I saw when they were started, I saw when they pitched at a, uh, at a conference and the traders around me were just like, that's impossible. And here we are. Everyone has gotten rid of permissions because they have to compete. So to your question, yes, I have seen and it's being reported all over finance um, news is that, yes, this work from home, um, this work from home shift has caused a lot like Robin has gotten a lot of users. <laughs> They've seen them. Tremendous amount of growth um, in the past three to four months, and so what I what I what I would say is Robin is a great place to start. It's a mm. great place to start, but if you're looking trying to figure out which of these apps to go to, what are your goals? Um, so I have clients who come to me and just like, yes, I want to get started. I want to invest. I want to make a lot of money. But what are your goals? why do you want to make the money? How much money are you looking to make? Because if you're looking at an acorn or a stash which uses really, really nominal uh, amounts of money, that might that's not that may not get you to your goal, right? So Robin probably is better suited, perhaps even of a fidelity. Maybe you need a full house brokerage. So I would really say start with your goals before you're in, to help you determine which kind of app that you're looking at. And then just, you know, really look at what kind of features they're offering and nowadays make sure you're not paying any fees or any kind of exorbitant fees and um that will get you um that will get you started in the right direction i think they're pretty much all good
0: yeah man everybody needs a a lydia in their life
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: Everybody, you, know, cause I,
0: you know, I feel like you are dropping wisdom for the people who are tuning in and listening right now. And I want to show love to our boy Raj Shaka, who is a frequent listener and viewer. Good evening, Tim and Lydia. Hello from North Georgia mountains. Hey, Rod, let us know if you have any questions for Lydia as we have this conversation. So, you know, you talk, we talked a little bit about Forex trading whatnot. And, you know, one of the things that you told me in some of our conversations is that it's best that you don't try to do it alone, especially if you're not a day trader. Try to, you know, find a consultancy group or advisory firm to really help you navigate it. You know, can you kind of break down a little bit what is Forex trading again? And what do you think is the best path for people to start engaging in? Because it's something that is relevant. It can help you make money but you want to go about it the right way. So I would love for you to educate us real quick on that.
5: Sure, so Forex stands for foreign exchange. It's the largest capital market in the world. It's a trillion dollar market, uh, extremely liquid. It's basically where uh, banks and money exchangers trade money. So if I'm going to get pounds for my dollars, that's basically what foreign exchange is and what the Forex market facilitates um the best way to get started is really to find a mentor or to find someone you can trade alongside either a master trader there's a lot of terms out there master trader i a mentor coach uh, i would suggest starting off like what shorten up your learning curve I, I i i did i was able to find a mentor um when i got started and it really helped me kind of narrow down the field of how i would approach markets so there's a there's tons of systems out there that are, um, are being offered. There's, uh, on top of that thousands of indicators and it's just kind of, you know, it's just, how do you even get started? So I would really say, uh, and the best place to find somebody is really Twitter. Twitter is where all the financial folks are hanging out, you guys. So if you didn't know, now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know to find some, to really find some brilliant, um, hashtag Forex, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow me on Twitter, um, at Faith Might and go to my list i actually have a list of all the best traders i've been doing i've been keeping that list since 2009 so and i curate it so it is literally all the best traders that trade options trade forex trade stocks trade um commodity trade futures they're all on my list so i always direct new traders to that list as well because you can then follow people and if they're not you know if they're not adding value unfollow them you know you don't have to say follow to these folks so Wow. Um that's the first step I would really suggest is to find some folks and this is not people You don't have to actually reach out to them either. That's the great thing about social media You can really get a lot of value. Um, I think FinTwit. That's short. You can do hashtag FinTwit uh, for finance Twitter we Put out a lot of value like we really do put out a lot of value in terms of how markets are trading how markets are moving what trades um, people are in and exiting entering um, so I would say even social media, I would say Twitter is actually the best place to find just a group of folks who are, are trading these markets for a living. This is what they do. Wow. Then secondly, you need to find a Forex a broker and I don't make broker recommendations, but I do have a whole article on my blog, um, faithmightfx.com, where you can find figure out how to find the best broker for you. Open up a, a, a demo account. So you can get used to the platform and then put some money to work. I'd say you can start off. I think most brokers now will allow you to fund an account for $100 and trade real money very, very quickly. The the thing I will say about the the last caveat I would say about Forex is that it's a leveraged market, which means you are actually borrowing money from your broker to be able to engage in the market. And so for that reason, you can lose all of your money. It's not like stocks where you can. Pro- if you're losing money, really, you put in eight hundred dollars and you got back two hundred dollars when you exited the trade. You lost some. You lost six hundred dollars. In forex, you could put eight hundred in and you can wipe out all eight hundred and still owe the broker some money. So you have to be really careful about the leverage that comes with with um, participating in the forex market. So that is one thing I will, you know, caution. Traders, that's the biggest difference between stocks and Forex. Is that Forex, for traders like ourselves, individual traders, it is a leveraged market. And so the losses can get significant. Just be aware.
0: Yeah, especially if you're not tracking every single day and you're not actively scoping the market
5: market every single day. day.
0: I'm seeing so many of these young kids nowadays, man, they are on Forex. And they're trading other people on forex. You know, it's interesting. I think it just speaks to a bit of how, to your point, Lydia. You know, technology has democratized finance, and you know a lot of people are seeing the opportunity. And you know, I actually think it's also causing this. Forcing function for people to be more financially literate, which is a good thing, but we also need to make sure that people aren't financially taken advantage of yeah. uh, as they invest. You know, I would love to ask you, do you have you know any other big takeaways for our guide community on you know, how they can just take control of their own financial literacy, Lydia?
5: Yes, so there's a ton of great just resources out mm-hmm. there um, in terms of books. I mean, uh, I think a great book, I think is like a cornerstone for anybody Who's getting financial literate uh two of them actually is uh rich dad Poor dad oh yes <laughs> <in> there, right? <laughs> i know that So if you, that have that, you need to read that and um i would say the man uh the man the richest man in babylon
2: is excellent
5: mm. super short um a quick read and it's really excellent because it actually gives you a i would say a system for managing your money really kind of under uh, really It was really one of the first books that really gave a system in terms of separating out your money into buckets and budgeting out that way and spending Mm. and investing, saving, servicing debt in that way. Um, And it's a really great read. So uh, those are two great books that definitely help with the mindset that I was talking about. Uh, And then I said mentioned again, finance, Twitter, uh, FinTwitch. Twitter is a great resource to follow some of the best, some of the best who are doing it right now, real time. Um, not just the Warren Buffets that we hear about, but real people, <laughs> real, people. real people who are trading um, themselves or trading their own accounts. So it's a little bit different, you know, when you're trading with a team of people um, that versus just trading your own account or maybe trading for a smaller set of clients. So those yeah. are um, really great ways to get started. And um, from there you'll get links to just to everything. So I just say read read everything you can really um, really start to understand how to use money, how money is really a tool, how money is really just energy um, and how your energy attracts or repels money uh, and all that comes with understanding your mindset.
0: love that. love that and it's so powerful too because I, you know we need to have more conversations like that. You know with that said, Lydia, you know who is your favorite? You know, financial literacy coach, author. You know, and you know, where can our people follow them, and also where can our people follow you in the in the movement that you're leading?
5: Thank you. So, I would say one of my favorite, um, I would say one of my favorite finance um, people to follow is Tila um, Home, Tila Holcomb. T- Tila Holcomb. Um, her her handle is at Tila Holcomb. She's actually a stocks and options trader. Why I like her, she also has a program um, that she offers. And I just like the business model. She was actually one of the people who made me feel comfortable putting out a course. My course is on Forex. So we'll refer people back and forth to one another with stocks and options I send people to her. With Forex Trader, she sends people to me. Um, so she's one of uh, one of my favorites. Um, also around Forex uh, is um, a guy on Twitter called at 50, cent, uh, 50 tips, tons to 50 cent. <laughs> at 50 pips we, we call him 50 um that he really he has a great blog that he posts every single day with charts and videos so um mm-hmm. one of my favorite and long time um forex followers um and then my uh you know follow me i put my handle up as at faith my my blog is faithmitefx fx is also short for forex so faithmitefx.com Is My blog you can see all of my analysis. I've been blogging on the market since uh, 2010 and um, My blog goes back 2012. I was uh, an editor of a forex blog prior to that So uh, that's my you can find me at faith my on all the social media Um, Also look at my firm if you're wanting to invest with somebody Uh, my firm is FM capital grp. That's the handle FM capital group but you can find, if you go to the blog, you'll find all of that. I also offer a course. So anybody who's interested in Forex and interested in shortening their learning curve um, and learning from somebody who's been doing this since 2006. So what? how many years is that? 14? Uh, <laughs> Not that <laughs> um, You can definitely check out my course. It's definitely for first-time traders. It's definitely for beginners who are looking to step into the forex markets for the first time or just trying to step in with somebody who can actually step you through. I take you through five indicators, very foundational indicators. Then you learn how to do fundamental analysis as well because in forex you definitely need to do the two. And and then I I just step you through constantly week after week. So it requires your commitment as well, but you get lifetime access to all the videos, all the worksheets so that you can have a resource that's you know dedicated to not just Forex, but really how to trade Forex just mm-hmm. for, for a very foundational, foundational course. So I definitely would recommend it, obviously, but I really do think it's good. Um, I just put it out last year. So it's yeah. like all of my experience. Um, yeah.
0: In one. So a lot of people are using it and, you know, definitely check it out, y'all, you know, Lydia is bomb at teaching. She's a speaker educator. She talks about it all day long, and she's been talking <laughs> about it for years now. So please make sure to check out her course because she really breaks it down really, really well, concisely, as you all can tell. As <laughs> my bad, y'all, something happened to my camera and mic. Hopefully, you all can hear me. With that yeah, said, I yeah. would love to yeah. live real quick. Who we'll asked the question? What are the telltale signs to avoid scams in Forex trading? Past few weeks, few people on LinkedIn reached out to him to use their software for Forex investments. And later he found out their profiles were not real. Yes.
5: Yeah, so this is um, a big problem um, with our industry, which is why mm-hmm. I always direct people to like, you know, my, my, the list that I have on Twitter, because the, these are the things that can happen. So Raj, I would say the first thing is um, the the biggest thing really is to ask who they are, um, ask them if they have a track record, ask them if they are willing to um, show you, uh, direct you to uh, any kind of uh, I say a track record. A track record can be people assume automatically that it's like autom- uh, audited financial statements or audited mm-hmm. uh, you know account statements, but it can be simple. Yeah. Like, your profile on Twitter and are you are you tweeting because if you're not even tweeting markets or tweeting your trades then you know how do I know like even the track record you provide for me is real so I really want to go with somebody who's already putting themselves out there publicly in social media in a real way Um, anyone who's promising double your money or anything I'm telling you Anything yeah. over a 30% or 40% success rate is lying, especially in Forex, okay? Yeah. You don't need, I think the biggest misconception is that because we're so used to like, you know, majority wins, right?
1: Yeah. In
5: trading, that's not the case. And especially in Forex, like you, you could have a 25% success rate or a win rate and be very profitable So because it's all about how long you hold on to your winners, how big they are and how big or small your losers are. That determines profitability not necessarily how many times you strike it correctly so um anybody who's promising these just great amounts of profit is already a big flag to me and i also think that reaching out to people on social media to sell them anything is no i shouldn't say sell them anything sell them anything in forex yeah it's a bit much it, and not an ad I'm of kind of like the reach the outreach that you're getting
2: yeah. um
5: because uh, yeah I, I guess i i want i mean there are people who have algorithms yeah. that work right and but they're also on twitter all the time for years tweeting and so and then i can reach out to them direct i can dm them and they respond like they're real people you know so um uh, just and not many of us are on are on LinkedIn like that. So getting a DM on Twitter, I would tell you, is a little bit more legit than getting a DM on LinkedIn. And I mean, we're just on Twitter. That's where we hang. That's where we talk. So LinkedIn is Absolutely. like know, So just just that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's really powerful, Lydia. And you know, it's so powerful too because it allows people to make sure they're aware of people who are fraudulent. And because you know, I've gotten really weird messages like that on LinkedIn as well in the in the past. And it's been what like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be responsible because like you, I know you're definitely wasting my time. You know, with that, uh, Lydia, thank you so much for joining
2: Absolutely. us on today's live episode. Thank you know, you,
0: you shared a wealth of information. If you love what Lydia is putting out and what she shared, please make sure to tag her and me in this episode. Share with your network. There's so many people who need this. And and that's because financial literacy is so important. You know, Lydia, I want to ask, you know, what's next for you? What are you doing? What's coming out? Do you have another course soon? When is your book coming out? Because you definitely need to write a book on all of this.
5: (laughs) So that's funny. I have a book proposal. uh, That's funny you said that. Um, uh, What I'm doing next is I'm working with clients. I'm always building my client base. And actually, I'm raising a venture capital fund to awesome. invest in uh, Africa and Latin America at the growth stage. So that is what I've been hard at work uh, doing, is raising a new venture capital fund, as well as serving clients, um, especially in this interesting market time that we're in right now with this pandemic. Uh, markets have been very interesting. So um, so I'm very busy, <laughs> but I'm happy to take really off the awesome. clients. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm available for new clients. Uh, if you're looking for somebody to help you navigate this market environment, or you're just looking to start building your wealth, um, I am. A, I am available for that. But that is what's going on with me, Tim. And I'm still thinking about this book. Um, I need bandwidth.
2: <laughs> 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 you're
0: busy. You're busy. You're working.
5: I'm busy. <laughs> you are working
0: hard, but you know you're, you're working. You're working. You're working hard and smart. It's for the benefit of everybody else. So. That's a good idea. Lydia, thank you so much. We appreciate you so much. Can you please come back and bless yeah, us? Book out,
5: right? I would love to. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, Lydia. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it.
5: Okay. Thanks. <laughs> bye.
0: Enjoy New Jersey.
5: <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> and that was Lydia,
0: who is the founder and operator of FM Capital Group. Please check her out if you want to learn a little bit more about Forex trading, financial literacy, how to invest your money into a variety of different investment vehicles that lead you to succeed. Lydia is amazing in it, and she is one of my go-tos when it comes to anything financial literacy related. Raj, thank you so much for tuning in, my brother. Thank you so much, Bruce, for tuning in as well. want to share, if you are interested in being a part of our guide app, Beta. Please check us out at guideapp.co, guideapp.co, guideapp.co. That's where you can find our beta. Sign up. Sign up. We are going to be enterprising. we're We're going to be onboarding our enterprise customers actually quite soon. But our lovely creators are already making waves and sharing inspiring messages on how much they love the platform and how they're actually already fitting it into their lifestyle of growth learning, and development. So definitely check out guideapp.co if you want to be a part of the guide movement and a part of our beta. With that said, much love to Oakland. If you're tuning in from Oakland, much love to you. We appreciate you. Always love having Oakland listeners. I get hit up every other day like, man, Tim, we love your podcast. You you got the hottest B2B jam session in the world right now. And I'm like, appreciate it. We thank you. It's because we're consistent and we love putting out great content that educates and drives change and educates at the end of the day. That's what matters for us. With that said, y'all much love. Please, please, please show us some love. Sign up for our guide app.co, early access beta. We truly appreciate you the movement that you're leading and always remember our platform is your platform. So if you have any ideas on anyone that you think would be a great guest On the Guide Live B2B Jam Session podcast, let us know. We would love to have them on. With that said, as always, peace, love,
2: and abundance. Talk soon.